Welcome to the Automation World Get Your Questions Answered podcast, where we connect with industry experts to get the answers you need about industrial automation technologies. I'm David Greenfield, Director of Content for Automation World, and the question we'll be answering in this episode is, how does an information digital twin democratize industrial data? Now, joining me to answer this question is Sean Gregerson, Vice President of Asset Management at Aviva. So thanks for joining me today, Sean. Hey, thanks, David. Really excited to be here with you today. You know, to get started, you know, we've all heard about the digital twin by now, but this idea of the information digital twin seems to be, you know, a new concept. Can you explain what an information digital twin is, you know, how it's created and what it's used for? Yeah, absolutely. And and today we still have in our businesses this disconnected environment where we have these uh, siloed functional islands in our business of data connectivity silos and uh, con- communication silos and, and divisional and stakeholder silos uh, across engineering and operations and maintenance and, and all the different domains of, of our businesses and uh, systems are still not always uh, connected and, and people uh, still really struggle to find the information they need to make timely informed and inaccurate in decisions. And uh, assets are still fail and uh, customer commitments are not uh, always met uh, in, and we have loss of profits and safety incidents. And this information digital twin is really a way to uh, solve a lot of these problems in, in the way you construct the information digital twin is to take all uh, the information that you have about your industrial assets today, the design information, the uh, operations information, the commissioning information, the asset management and financial information, and fuse this together into this information data model. And then link that information data model back to the physical asset itself in 3D and in, in the context of its connectivity uh, within the plant. So more informed, more timely, more accurate decisions can be made. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for explaining that, Sean. That's that's definitely helpful to understand this new term that I'm sure we're all going to be starting to hear more about uh, as industry continues with the digital transformation process. You know, and, and speaking of, you know, the digital transformation, you know, where would you say that you see industry being today overall in its digital transformation process? And how are you seeing it benefit the customers that you work with? Yeah, it's really interesting that we've gone through these different uh, industrial revolutions from Industry 1.0, which was the invention of steam power to uh, mechanized production and and use uh, for transportation of goods, and then uh, progressed to Industry 2.0, which is uh, the invention of electricity and use of it uh, to really create mass production. And then Industry 3.0, which is all about uh, electronics and IT to automate uh, production. And then we move to industry uh, 4.0, which is all about uh, digitalization. And it's uh, really a fusion of technologies that's blurring the lines between the the physical and digital and and biological spheres. And what I think is really unique about this industry 4.0 is the sheer pace of innovation that has occurred. Uh, and how quickly uh, technology uh, is being innovated and how quickly that technology is being adopted. And, and as we now progress uh, to the metaverse, it's too early to tell if we're uh, perhaps on the cusp of uh, Industry 5.0 um, or 
if this is simply an extension of, of Industry 4.0. And, and the benefits that companies are, are getting from digitalization are, are clear with uh, improved uh, productivity, improved asset reliability and performance, improved operational efficiencies, and uh, resulting in improved profitability of, of our customers' businesses and improved uh, sustainability of their businesses as well. Um, but with the, the technologies that we have available today, um, uh, such as uh, AI and the cloud and augmented reality and virtual reality and extended reality and so on, uh, I, I really uh, think that we can do so, so much more as an industry. Well, kind of as you referred to there with Industry 5.0, I hope we don't get to that and it goes like you say, where it's more of an extension of Industry 4.0. Seems like we're still trying to get everybody on board with Industry 4.0. I'd like to see that happen more ubiquitously than before we go to Industry 5.0. But I'm not the person who's going to be making that decision. That's for sure. So, but, you know, speaking of, of terms, you know, another popular term that, you know, we're seeing used more often is data democratization. You know, what from your perspective, what does that mean exactly? And is this a term that you, that you see varying from one technology supplier to another, or is this meaning largely agreed upon across industry? Yeah, it, data is is really the new currency of our industrial world, and its uh, collection and archive and transformation are the table stakes to play the game. And and, and there's no shortage of the amount of data that we have available to us today. And in fact, the study has been done where they determined 50% of all the industrial data that we have available to us today has been created in the last two years only. And, and that's just amazing to think about the amount of information that we have available to us, that uh, 50% of this uh, industrial data has been created in the last two years. And it's expected that if we look forward two years from now, that this will still hold true. And uh, there's been uh, 96, it's been uh, estimated 96 zettabytes worth of data uh, has been captured and copied and consumed in, in the last 12 months alone. And, and that's zettabytes with 16 zeros. So a lot, a lot of data. And um, data democratization is, is all about transforming this raw data into actionable and contextualized informa information um, that, that really uh, enables accurate, optimized, and, and timely decisions, uh, decision-making across the business. And uh, it's, it's a term that's universally gaining popularity in its use. Uh, we similarly, sim in a similar way, hear about uh, democratization of AI. And, and um, in, in a similar way, that's all about uh, taking uh, artificial uh, in intelligence and uh, democratizing it in a way that it can be used not by data scientists, um, but by uh, what you would call the um, resident data scientists within the organization, which is anybody and everybody uh, through these no-code technologies that are being developed so that anyone and everyone can leverage uh, this advanced technology uh, to drive uh, decision-making across the business. And when you look at AI specifically in this, in this, um, in this way, it's just... Uh, amazing when you can deploy these applications without needing data scientists today that uh, anyone in the business can uh, build the data models, they can test and validate the data models, they can uh, scale the technology across the business and do it in a way that's uh, uh, translating the results to 
something that's meaningful for them and meaningful for the business. So, you know, with all this data being generated by industrial equipment and systems, which is only increasing as manufacturers do a better job of collecting the data, which, as you mentioned, uh, we're into the zettabytes now in a 12-month period. Um, so given that, you know, do you see industrial companies doing a better job of using that data to improve operations now? Or is there still this big disconnect between the act of gathering the data and then actually using it? Yeah, and I would say that uh, we're getting better at it, but there's there's still a long way to go from an industry perspective. And unfortunately, uh, more data alone does not uh, translate to uh, more informed decision making, more timely decision making, or or improved profitability uh, for the business. And um, there's been a study uh, that Seagate recently did, and they determined that only 32% of all the industrial data that we have available. Uh, to us today was actually being put to work mm. and that uh, 68% of all the, the data that we have available to us today is going unleveraged. And uh, it's, it's reasonable based on how quickly the amount of data uh, that we have available to us is, is growing in the industrial world, 50% created in the last two years, that this amount of unleveraged data is going to continue to grow in that same way uh, unless we take some decisive steps uh, to uh, apply the advanced technologies that we have available to us today to make better, more informed, more timely decisions. Yeah, I think that figure, the, the was it 32% is, is the percentage that's currently being used effectively by companies that really speaks to the gap of what's out there to the, the upside still to be achieved, but still a long way to go. I think that gets back to why I think we're not ready for industry 5.0 yet. <laughs> get on, get, get more, get that percentage higher on industry 4.0 first, but we'll see. That's right. There, there's definitely so much more we can do with the technology that we have available to us today and with the data that we have available uh, to us today as well. Yeah, absolutely. A lot, a lot more, a lot more to go and work with what we have before we go to the next steps. So, you know, based on your experience, you know, working with industrial companies of all different types, you know, why do you think this gap is still so large, considering that, you know, industry has been really focused on leveraging data for, you know, at least a day, you know, really more than a decade, but, you know, hardcore focusing on it, you know, from data collection to analytics has been a huge issue now for at least a decade. So why do you think this gap is still so big at this point? Yeah, I think a um, you know really key point here is that it can't be technology for technology's sake. I, we see a, a lot of um, uh, industrial operators uh, building things like data lakes in the cloud uh, to store data, but not first defining uh, how that data is going to be used. Who's the user of the data? How can that data be transformed into something that's meaningful for the consumer of the information? And I think that's uh, really what's missing is is skipping the fundamentals of how we're going to improve the business and jumping forward to a, a technology uh, solution. And in the same way, we see um, some industrial operators deploying AI platforms in their business that are touted to, to solve any and every AI problem that they may ever see. Um, but they're doing this without first understanding what the problem is that they're trying to solve and, and how that uh, translates into the output of that translates into something that's meaningful for uh, the reliability engineer, the performance engineer, whoever the consumer of, of that output of the AI is so that they can make better and more informed decisions for the business. 
And I would just say that, um, you know, another challenge that we see in the industry is just that we're not very good at uh, sharing of, of our data. And, and another study has been done uh, by Gartner where they determined that those uh, industrial operators that were sharing uh, their information with their ecosystem of partners and suppliers and OEMs and customers that they work with are getting 3x the economic benefit of those that do not. And, and this is all about this uh, connected industrial economy um, where you're sharing the data with this, this ecosystem uh, of, of partners and, and customers and suppliers that um, can get benefit from this data and then uh, translate that into some business benefit and provide that back to, to you as well. Given your ex- uh, experience with working with these different industrial companies and different verticals, you know, can you share an example of a company that's using the connected industrial economy as you described it and how it's benefited their operations? Yeah, sure. I, I think a, a good example would be Dominion Energy, where they're going through um, a transformation of their business, where they're uh, transforming their generation mix and adding more and more renewables to that. And as part of that, they've really uh, developed a new service for their uh, customers, both their uh, residential and industrial customers, uh, where uh, they're leveraging this um uh, connected industrial economy uh, to uh, be able to so that their customers can understand how their energy is being sourced and they can understand better uh, their energy consumption uh, patterns so that they uh, can can really make better decisions for their families and their businesses. And uh, the way that uh, that they did this is they did this using the uh, Aviva Pi system at the edge to uh, collect all of this operational data uh, from these renewable assets. And this uh, Pi system takes it and archives this information, high fidelity, second by second, uh, compresses it, and then uh, organizes it through this uh, asset uh, information model, this uh, asset framework that a- allows all this information to be organized and contextualized in a way that it's consumable by all the applications and all the users of the technology and it, it's, it's very understandable because the, the information has been contextualized at that source level, uh, what this information is and, and how it can be used to make better decisions across the business. And the next layer of that is really uh, the analytics layer. They're self-service analytics, so they can go and build uh, any KPIs or any analytics that can better uh, drive more uh, informed, timely decisions across the business. And then moving up uh, to that next layer of event management where they can go in and create any events that when this condition exists, I want to notify um, uh, by email or text this group of people, or maybe I want to auto trigger a work order in the enterprise asset management system based on that condition to automate and close the loop on that uh, asset management workflow. And uh, then at that top layer, this rich visualization layer that uh, brains all this information and puts it in the context of the, the consumer of the information and their role within the business. And uh, all of those applications then leveraging this data model so that I can build things out from a data model perspective and all the, the, the calculations associated maybe with that asset class or the events with that asset class or the visualization screens for that type of asset automatically update as I add new assets to my system. So incredibly powerful and scalable across the business. 
And then what they um, have done is leveraged the Aviva uh, Data Hub technology, which takes this information from the edge, securely uh, transports it to the cloud where the data is further contextualized and then made available to um, Dominion's customers in a very secure way and on a selective basis. And as part of that, uh, the, the information's there. So on a selective basis, they can now make that information available to their ecosystem of partners and suppliers and OEMs that can then take that information uh, and translate it back into some value proposition for, uh, for Dominion Energy. And though, as you mentioned there, that, uh, that automatic recognition and, uh, of devices on a, on a network and the uploading, the automatic uploading of their data has been a major advance here over the past several years and kind of easing this process of making sure all the data is collected. But then, of course, as we said, we have all the data on the back end that then kind of work through and figure out what's important and what's not and, and how to use it. Yeah. And, and I think that's a challenge in the industry is uh, in many cases, we just think that we are going to collect the data and archive it and then we'll figure out later how to use it. But I really think you need to think about how you're going to contextualize that data and do that uh, at, at its source uh, so that the information is usable across the business. You know, and, and as you mentioned, you know, considering Dominion success in the example that you were giving there, you know, but still not losing sight of this data rich information poor gap that, you know, we've been discussing, you know, what lessons can our audience, you know, take away from this to start closing this gap in their operations? Yeah, I think it's really just focusing on implementing this information digital twin as the starting point. There's a lot of different definitions of the digital twin, uh, process digital twin, engineering digital twin, design digital twin, reliability digital twin. So there's all these different definitions and we won't get into that today, but um, it's really the information digital twin, I think, becomes the foundation of that unlocking the value of all these other um, capabilities that we have available to us today. And so uh, really starting with that is, is the infrastructure and foundation is, is really a great starting point. And uh, at Aviva, we really have some really uh, great technologies to be able to do this. And I think we're in a unique position uh, because we understand at the deepest level uh, the uh, engineering design, commissioning, operations, and asset management domains um, that our customers have to uh, efficiently operate across their business. And so we're able to take all this information from engineering, uh, from operations, from asset management, from uh, financial uh, data sources, and fuse all that together and present it in a way that's, that's meaningful uh, for, uh, for our customers. So, Sean, you know, kind of wrap up our discussion here today. You know, the obvious goal of using operations data is improving operating efficiencies, boosting profits. You know, but what about objectives like sustainability, you know, which may or may not always have a direct monetary benefit, but are, of course, you know, no less important to a business success. You know, how does how does this figure into that as well? Yeah, that's a, a really a thoughtful question. And uh, I, I think that uh, when we leverage data um, as a true asset for our businesses, it, it's amazing the benefits and gains that, that can be achieved. And there's perhaps no better or immediate way to improve the sustainability of an industrial oper operator uh, than uh, to operate their assets that they have today in a more efficient, more effective way. And so uh, there's just an incredible opportunity 
that that can be gained with today's technology with the existing assets that our customers have and it's a great way to get some quick wins on improving the sustainability of the business and in business we often have to rationalize our decisions uh, but in this case i think we truly can have both we can reduce the carbon intensity of the products that we produce and at the same time improve the profitability of our businesses and our businesses and planet can profit together. Well, thank you for joining me for this podcast, Sean, and thanks to all of you for listening in. And please keep watching this space for more installments of Automation World Get Your Questions Answered. And remember that you can find us online at automationworld.com to stay on top of the latest industrial automation technology insights, trends, and news. Mm-hmm.